Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, flying solo once again, Johnny the Gentile Profita. Thank you all for listening. Johnny the Jew is still out in Israel doing all that Jewy stuff, so you're stuck with me once again. And for those of you not familiar with the show... I talk about politics, current events, economics, and libertarian principles. And what I wanted to talk about today, well, we had a lot of, lot of things happen over the last, couple, over the last week or so. And I, I struggled a little bit trying to categorize or name today's episode. I wasn't quite sure if I wanted it as a standalone episode or maybe something to file under my media malpractice genre, which will most definitely be a multi-part series. I have no doubt that we will soon have more media malpractice episodes than we have Rocky movies, maybe maybe even by the end of Trump's presidency uh, at the rate we're going. But So the last few days, we've been bombarded with bullshit from several angles, okay? We had the attacks on the two oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman near Iran. We had Trump give an interview with George Stephanopoulos. And most recently, AOC once again doing her version of FDR's fireside chats on Instagram. So let's let's just take these apart one by one, okay? So Iran. Now I know libertarians take some heat for constantly declaring any attack that gives the U.S. military-industrial complex an excuse to intervene abroad, a false flag. But I mean, come on. This must be the falsiest of the falsiest of false flags. I mean, it reeks of bullshit. And I must say, I was fairly encouraged by the reaction I saw on social media and in the, in the, in the interwebs because it seems like more and more people are starting to get wise to this game that the Mike Pompeos of the world are playing. I do have to admit, it is somewhat hard for me to gauge the reaction because of the, the libertarian and ANCAP circles I run in. But I know that, you know, Gulf of Tonkin was trending on Twitter right around the, the time this was happening. So I, I'm not positive that the memes and the social media reactions I've been seeing are an accurate reflection of the pulse of the nation on this. So for those of you out there who think for some reason Iran decided to attack two oil tankers, one Japanese and the other Norwegian, can I just ask you why? Why would Iran do this? 
They know that the U.S. is looking for any excuse to pick a fight. We've made that abundantly clear. Um, and by we, I mean Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, guys like that, the neocons. So why give it to them? Why lay it on a platter? It, it's just like a couple of years back when all of the U.S. intelligence agencies were positive that Assad was gassing his own people. I mean, why? Who benefits from this? In the case of Assad, which of course turned out to be complete bullshit, libertarians got that right, by the way, Assad had literally been fighting for his life to keep from getting the Gaddafi treatment. He had beaten back the rebels. He had reestablished control. Trump was talking about getting out of Syria and leaving him alone. That was what, what Trump's instinct was to do in the region, was to get the hell out of there and stop fighting these bullshit wars. I mean, Assad, like him or hate him, he's not a blithering idiot, okay? I, it's under those conditions, it's under those circumstances that he decides to go and do the one thing that would piss off the entire global community, that would give the U.S. and its allies pretense and justification to go back into his country and intervene so he can what? Kill a few hundred people? He'd have to be the dumbest politician of all time. And now Iran who used to have a deal in place with, uh, thanks to Obama, is under crippling sanctions now that Trump has pulled out of the agreement, right? Iran has very few countries that it can trade with, and Japan is one of them. And not, not to mention that Shinzo Abe, the prime minister of Japan, was there visiting. So why would Iran attack one of their ships? What strategical benefit does that serve them? The answer is none whatsoever. The only thing it does is give a bunch of neocons the excuse that they've been looking for to stir up controversy and potential war with Iran. I, looking for? They've been begging for it. John Bolton and Mike Pompeo have had a hard-on the size of the Washington Monument for Iran for as long as I can remember. This has been part of the plan all along. Go ahead and Google, Google General Wesley Clark, the retired four-star general. He's actually on tape years ago, like, I don't know, 2007, 2006, 2007, something like that, saying that we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off with Iran. Now, it's been a while since I've heard the tape, but that's basically a verbatim quote. And like I said, you can Google it. It's out there. This is not uh, top-secret information. This is not a conspiracy theory. He's on tape saying it. Now, sure, ha has it been more than five years? Yes. Have they followed the plan to a T? Not quite. But, I mean, come on. I, I think it, at the very least, you have to look at the last 10 to 12 years and say, uh, okay, there might be something to this. Maybe at the very least, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I mean, how could they? They've got an abysmal track record. They've lied us into every war I can remember. They've been wrong about these types of attacks the last 50 times. How can we possibly believe them now? But of course, as soon as these attacks take place, Pompeo was out making the rounds on the corporate media. Yep, it was Iran. No doubt about it. Case closed. It's unmistakable what happened. Iran attacked these ships. Here is the man himself. Two questions. 
How certain are you that Iran was responsible for these attacks? And do you have more evidence that you can share with us? Well, Chris, it's unmistakable what happened here. These were attacks by the Islamic Republic of Iran on commercial shipping on the freedom of navigation with a clear intent uh, to deny transit through the strait. This was on the Gulf of Oman side of the Strait of Hormuz. Uh, there's no doubt. The intelligence community has uh, lots of data, lots of evidence. The, uh, the world will come to see much of it, uh, but the American people should rest assured we have high confidence with respect to who conducted these attacks as well as a half a dozen other attacks throughout the world over the past 40 days. Really? It's unmistakable? Let's take a look-see, shall we? Because I've already talked about how there is basically nothing to gain from Iran doing this. Let, let's suppose that they had some secret agenda and they actually wanted to do this and blame somebody else for it for whatever reason. Because if they didn't want to blame somebody else, they would have just taken credit for the attack in the first place, right? But they're vehemently denying any involvement in this. So, so let's break this down, right? Let's think about this. Why would they use these types of mines? The, the mines that um, blew up the, that blew the holes in these oil tankers? There's some sort of magnetic mines that the U.S. is claiming they found on the side of the ships and that is evidence enough to prove that Iran was behind all of this. So why would they use these types of mines? Uh, limbit mines, I think they're called. Why not sink the ships entirely so as to leave no evidence whatsoever as to who was behind the attack? Right? If you want to attack a ship and be able to blame it on somebody else, you don't want to leave evidence behind that could link you to the attack. It's awfully convenient, don't you think, that we just happen to find these mines? laying around on the side of the ship, and that it proves that Iran was involved. The U.S. wants war with Iran. Iran sets off mines on two ships, doesn't sink them, and then the U.S. just happens to be in a position to attain photographic evidence of the mines, proving, of course, without a doubt, unmistakably, that it was Iran. By the way, the photographic evidence, these are the most grainy fucking bullshit photos of all time. You can't see anything. But if they wanted to be able to blame the attacks on somebody else, you don't leave room for the evidence to be linked back to you. You want no evidence so that you can make any claim that you want and blame anybody. That's what you want to do. Oh, and by the way, the, the charges, these mines that the U.S. is claiming are responsible for the incident, from what I understand, are charges that sit below the waterline, Okay. And the, these explosions clearly happened above the waterline, which is why the, sinks, the, the ships didn't sink. So that doesn't add up either. But the most insane thing, the most outlandish aspect of these accusations, is that they have video evidence of an Iranian-flagged ship pulling up to these oil tankers and removing the mines from the side. Okay? That's what they're claiming is going on on this video. Now, let's say that that is what they're doing that the Iranians planted these mines on the side of these ships above the waterline so that they would blow a hole in the ships, not sink them, and then they would try to blame it on um, some other country or deny any involvement, right? And after the story breaks, and everybody knows that this happened, and the eyes of the world are on them, they take some of their own ships that are clearly that are known to be used by the Iranian um, the Iranian National Guard, or whatever they're called. So they roll up in these ships when everybody's watching, and they start removing these mines, right? Let's say that that's what they're doing. 
they would have to be, Iran would have to be the most retarded country of all time. They would have to be even dumber than Assad gassing his own people and signing his own death warrant. I mean, first of all, if you're trying to cover your tracks, like, oh shit, you realize you left behind the mine with your name on it, you don't go and retrieve it in a ship with your name on it. I mean, Jesus, nobody is that fucking stupid. And then if you watch the video, you watch the video of what Pompeo is claiming is the proof, the unmistakable proof. These guys are these guys are taking live mines off the ship and putting them into their own boat. These are unexploded mines for fuck's sake. I mean, in theory, these should have blown up, but for whatever reason, they didn't blow up. So you go retrieve them and put them in your own boat. Let me ask you. Okay, if you had to go clean up the evidence of your botched false flag, is that how you would do it? Take a bomb, basically that was supposed to go off, but for some reason didn't, and you put it into your boat? I mean, I know the American people are getting dumber and dumber thanks to government schools, but they can't be this stupid, right, to believe this bullshit? Can the indoctrination and the propaganda really be that strong? The Iranian National Guard... They're not a bunch of fucking amateurs. They aren't like these idiots you see in these hilarious budget ISIS training videos where they're running around like dipshits screaming at the top of their lungs and doing karate moves or stabbing a dummy with a bayonet. This is a professional standing army. Make no mistake about it. Like they are they are the real deal. So I mean, has anybody out there seen the movie The Hurt Locker? You guys remember this movie? It's literally just about this guy that that disarms IEDs, the improvised explosive devices. Do you remember this movie? Is that how they dispose of unexploded bombs? They get 10 or like in this video, you have 10 or 15 people huddled together around the front of the boat. Is that how you you dispose of these bombs that haven't gone off? You get a bunch of people that huddled around together and you start fucking with it? Or did they send out like one poor bastard in this gigantic protective suit, you know, that you can barely move in? Everybody else is like, or you call in a specialized bomb squad, or you use a robot and blow it up where it is while everyone else is watching from a safe distance. I mean, that's how you deal with a bomb or a mine that hasn't gone off. You send in one guy or a robot and nobody else is getting anywhere near that fucking thing. And remember, this is all taking place after the explosions happen, after the news broke. So they have to know that everyone's watching. So that's their plan. That's Iran's plan, their, their master plan, to ride up in one of their own boats and just grab the mine and pocket it and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. None of this adds up. Not the way the mines would have been planted or where they were planted on the boat. They would have been below the waterline. The explosions happened above the waterline, not the way that you collect the unexploded mines and not the boat that you would use to do it. Not to mention that there is no motive for them to do this in the first place. The idea that there are people out there that believe this is almost as absurd as Pompeo thinking people would buy this bullshit. And there was even somebody on the Japanese ship, the captain or whatever, that said he saw a projectile hit it. We got hit by a projectile. Not a mine sitting underneath the water. Not a mine that was slapped to the side of the boat. There is just no way Iran did this. If anything, it was probably the Saudis trying to coax us into another war, a conflict with Iran, 
or just some random terrorist attack that the U.S. is trying to take advantage of, blame Iran so they can start the last phase of General Wesley Clark's five-year plan. So don't be fooled by this. This is the same shit that they've been doing to get us into every war of my lifetime. Wars that are still going on today, the longest wars in American history. With millions of people dead, millions of people displaced, why do you think we have all these uh, migrant issues throughout Europe? Because all these people's countries have just been destroyed by our bullshit. I also find it very disturbing that the media doesn't give these guys any pushback. They never call them out on their lies until decades later. It's almost across the board, just the opposite. This whole Russia story, they're out there carrying water for the U.S. intelligence agencies. It's treason. It's blasphemous to question the validity of, of their intelligence. Just ask National Security Advisor John Bolton. He'll tell you that it's treason to not believe them, right? So for all you neo neocons out there and all you Republicans that are trying to act tough on, tough on national defense and support the military, this is, first of all, this is not national defense, okay? And you, you don't support the military by lying it into another war that's going to drag on for God knows how long. And war with Iran is not going to be like war, like the wars that we've been fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. The, the Iranians have a, a, a professional army. They have a, they have a state. They have a nation, okay? They, ha they have, like, national pride. Iraq and Afghanistan, they're very, like, tribal, okay? There's all these little factions of rebels and, you know, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They don't have a national unity the way that Iran does, okay? So you're, if you're talking about going to war with Iran, you're invading a, 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 a sovereign country, with a professional army. These aren't going to be a bunch of fucking amateurs who don't know how to shoot, okay? This is going to this would be a real war. Big league, as Trump says. We do not want that, okay? We do not want war with Iran. This would be a disaster. We need to we need to learn our lessons from history and stop believing these bullshit false flags. That they're going to they're going to keep at this. This will not be the only one. They'll come up with something else to try to coax us into another conflict. You have to you have to hold them accountable for this. Okay. So, we had our latest round of fabricated outrage from the mainstream media and pussy politicians following an interview that Trump did with former Democratic advisor to Bill Clinton, George Stephanopoulos. So, first of all, the fact that this guy can claim to be a journalist and that ABC can put him out there on the air like he's not this political operative is absolutely insane to me. I can't believe Trump even gave him an interview. I was surprised he let that happen. Although the more that I think about it, it's getting to the point where I'm starting to wonder if he does this on purpose to just expose the, the left and all their hypocrisy. Because this stuff only helps him. It only helps Trump. It only strengthens his case. So Stepanopoulos gets a thirty gets like thirty hours of interview time with Trump to ask him whatever he wants, right? And the main takeaway, what everybody seems to be latching onto, is the part where he asks Trump what he would do if a foreign power approached him with information on his political opponent. Let's let's play the clip. 
And they didn't even say, they, they hardly even talked about it. Should he have gone to the FBI when he got that email? Okay, let's put yourself in a position. You're a congressman. Somebody comes up and says, hey, I have information on your opponent. You call the FBI? I if don't it's think. Coming from I'll Russia, tell you what, you do. I've seen a lot of things over my life. I don't think in my whole life I've ever called the FBI. In my whole life. I don't, you don't call the FBI. You throw somebody out of your office. You do whatever Al you Al Gore got a stolen briefing book. He called the FBI. Well, that's different. A stolen briefing book. This isn't a stolen. This is somebody that said, we have information on your opponent. Oh, let me call the FBI. Give me a break. Life doesn't the work FBI that way. The FBI director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Your campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI, if I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right, they come up with oppo research, oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. Okay. So, to any reasonable person, someone not suffering from a case of Trump derangement syndrome, that is a perfectly reasonable response. It's literally one of the most reasonable things that Donald Trump has probably ever said. And this is the thing you glob onto? This is the hill you're going to die on? Well, if somebody had information, I think I'd take it. I'd do both. I'd listen and then tell the FBI. Where is the problem with that? And Stephanopoulos, you'd be okay with that kind of interference in our elections? I mean, if we're going to argue that accepting or disseminating information is now election interference, then anything and everything is election interference. How is any commercial you see not interference? They told you something that may or may not influence your opinion on a candidate, right? They interfered. So then it's just a matter of where the information comes from. I mean, who cares? Information is information. It doesn't matter if it comes from France or Mexico or North Dakota. It's the information that's important. I can think of a million different things that the American people would need to know about before, during, or even after an election from foreign intelligence. From anybody, regardless of where the information comes from. But foreign intelligence, yeah, who cares? I mean, you guys cannot be this fucking stupid. Think about it, you idiots. We have information that your opponent has secretly signed a treaty with Kim Jong-un, and if elected, he will sell them nuclear weapons and help them carry out an attack on the U.S. He's a Manchurian candidate. Would we want to know that information before the election? I think so. I think I'd listen. What if it comes out that China has information that Trump, not the father of Lion Ted Cruz, but Donald Trump, is in fact the Zodiac Killer, and they call Joe Biden? Nope. Sorry, China, we're not interested. You're a foreign country, and we do not accept your information. I'm calling the FBI as soon as we hang up to report you. All right, that, okay, I mean, come on. What, what if a country calls and says, hey, we have information that Donald Trump is bought and paid for by the Russians. He's a Russian puppet. The president or candidate running against Trump should, should not accept that information. <laughs> I mean, you guys can't be serious. 
You've literally based an entire two-year-long witch hunt investigation, calls for impeachment, off of literally just that. It's actually worse than that. Hillary Clinton, this has been proven, by the way, hired Chris Steele, a foreigner, a British spy, to produce the Steele dossier. How did he do that? Well, he consulted Russian intelligence, allegedly. Russian agents, right? I mean, it's all bullshit, but that's what these people choose to believe. So she can pay foreigners for dirt on her political opponent to be used exclusively to interfere in an an election. And it's all bullshit information, by the way. And that's okay. But Trump answering a phone call and listening to what information a foreign country offers up voluntarily, that's a threat to national security. That's impeachable. That's treason. Ground for impeachment. Do you guys actually hear yourselves? Do you hear how fucking ridiculous you sound and how hypocritical you are? How do you live with yourselves? The mental gymnastics must be exhausting. I mean, uh, let me pull up this Washington Post, this Washington Post article on the topic. Here's the, the headline. Disgraceful. 2020 Democratic candidates ripped Donald Trump for saying he'd take foreign intel on political rivals. All right. More than a dozen 2020 Democratic presidential candidates rebuked President Trump on Wednesday night after he said he would consider taking information on his political challengers from a foreign government. Many renewed calls for impeachment, further raising the profile of the highly charged blah, blah, blah. Kristen Gillibrand. It's time for Congress to begin impeachment hearings. In an appearance on CNN's Anderson Cooper 360, Bernie Sanders, we have a president who thinks he's above the law. The House should immediately begin impeachment inquiries. Yeah, Beto O'Rourke wrote that Trump's view on foreign help in elections threatens the very core of our democracy. If we are to secure justice and ensure this never happens again, we must impeach him. Joe Biden chimes in. The president is once again welcoming foreign interference in our elections. This isn't about politics. Oh, by the way, anytime you hear a politician say this isn't about politics, that's exactly what it's about. 100% of the time. That's one of, one of John's laws right there. When they say it's not about politics, it's about politics. Um, Joe Biden it is a threat to our national security. An American president should not seek their aid and abet those who seek to undermine democracy. Cory Booker. It's not oppo research. It's foreign interference in U.S. elections. That you would say this is disgraceful. That you would do it from the Oval Office yet again proves you're unfit for the office you hold. MSNBC, Kamala Harris, right, on MSNBC, called Trump's statements outrageous. It just tells me that the guy doesn't understand his job and can't do it very well, she said. Putting his self-interest in front of the interests of our democracy and integrity of our democracy and the American people's confidence and security and uh, integrity in our election system. I mean, what, what undermines the integrity of the election more than not having the information, all the information you can? We're not talking about spreading lies about candidates, which all these candidates do to each other all day long. We're talking about actual intelligence from a foreign country <laughs> on a person running like how, how does having more information undermine the integrity of the democratic system go ahead someone try to explain that to me now i could see i could totally see how it would undermine people's 
confidence in the system, like if it happens to come out through a WikiLeaks dump that the DNC screwed Bernie Sanders out of the out of the primary nomination, I could see how that would potentially influence people to think negatively about democracy. But that's information we need to know about. We need to know how these politicians are trying to screw us. That's what they're so concerned about. They don't want it getting out of how big of a farce this whole thing is. Not like it actually matters. This stuff comes out and people don't, don't seem to make the connection that they're being screwed. They just think that they need to vote harder next time. People are so fucking stupid, man. I mean, I honestly don't know how much more of this phony political outrage I can handle. Because it's not like we only have two or three candidates that come out that we have to listen to. We literally have 20 of these fucking phony pussy politicians. Every single one of them would not only take foreign intelligence, but would gladly pay for it. And we have to listen to every single one of them come out one by one with their talking points in unison and feign outrage over literally nothing, all of them spouting the same bullshit and the media carrying their water. Eric Swalwell? I have to hear from fucking Eric Swalwell now? Let me be clear. I love it when they start out with that. Let me be clear for at real Donald Trump. I will never take dirt from a foreign adversary, even if it means beating someone as corrupt as you. Thank God. You know, I was so concerned that Swalwell was gathering all this foreign intelligence on Trump and was prepared to use it just at the right moment to surge in the polls. Do you know how much foreign interference it would take to get this douchebag elected? I don't even think there's enough information in the world. We could finally get our hands on the microfiche that proves definitively who killed JFK, and it turns out it was, in fact, Donald Trump on the grassy knoll working in his capacity as a Russian operative, Swalwell could single-handedly uncover all of this and not even move up to like 3% in the polls. This is so far beyond the boy who cried wolf. Literally nothing you guys say, media included, can be taken seriously anymore. Why is anyone listening to this? Why does anyone listen to these people anymore? You know, when you blow everything up to be the biggest scandal the most outrageous thing you've ever heard, and then it turns out to be this benign, you lose all credibility. And then, of course, I mean, the most ridiculous thing of all is guys like George Stephanopoulos and all these supposed journalists claiming that they don't want information, that they don't want to know information simply because it came from the other side of a line that politicians drew on a map. You're supposed to be journalists. Your job is to literally go out and seek information, to leave no stone unturned, to find as much information as possible and report it to the American people, regardless of what it, uh, what it does to candidates. Oh, and then, he, and then he says, well, the FBI director says you should call him. <laughs> the, FBI, the FBI director said you should call him. Yeah, hang on, hang on, that changes everything. The FBI director thinks I should involve the FBI in more matters. Peel me off the floor. You know? It's like, hang on, hang on while I check with Fox News to see if Fox News should get the exclusive rights to this bombshell story I have. Great point, George. Hang on, let me write that down. FBI director thinks FBI should be notified. How about trying to do some actual fucking journalism for once? Jesus Christ, this is unbelievable. All right. 
before I have a brain aneurysm, <laughs> I, I I do have to I do have to address the latest load of crap that's been blowing up my my Twitter feed, and that is from none other than AOC herself. She did one of her Instagram videos where she's now become famous for making some of the most dumbest incoherent points while maintaining this illusory sense of unmatched intelligence on a subject, right? So let's go ahead and roll it. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. And that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. And um, if that doesn't bother you, I don't... I got, I like, we can have, okay, whatever. I want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with humanity to say that we should not, that never again means something. And that um, the fact that concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is extraordinarily disturbing. Um, and we need to do something about it. Okay, so she compares these detention centers that the U.S. has set up along the border to deal with the phony immigration crisis that doesn't exist, according to her and her cohorts, as concentration camps. The obvious implication being that Trump is a fascist dictator and he is literally Hitler, right? I, I mean, I'm just so sick of this approach. Trump is Hitler. It's played out. Every political party that's not in power refers to the president that is as Hitler. Obama was Hitler. Bush was Hitler. Now Trump is literally Hitler. <laughs> I don't know what comes after literally. Is it literally, literally Hitler? This is just so boring. It's so lacking in substance. Let's forget about the fact that this practice was not unique to Trump and that if you want any credibility whatsoever, you should probably focus your attacks on the policy and the government apparatus that's enforcing it, and not just the president. But of course, this quickly just devolved into arguments on both sides of the aisle. Republicans outraged at Hitler comparisons by saying concentration camps, you're equating this with the slaughtering of Jews. You cheapen the experience of Jews by comparing these to concentration camps. And then AOC comes back with, you know, that's the literal definition of a concentration camp, and here's an expert on concentration camps. I mean, look, first of all, I don't know what you major in to become an expert in concentration camps, but let's be honest. You knew exactly what you were doing by describing what's going on at the border that way. You're being hyperbolic. You're using charged language to drum up outrage and support. You're being a politician. So just own it. Just admit that you're exaggerating for effect, but don't start consulting a dictionary as if you've ever looked in one or even cracked a book of any kind for that matter. I don't know. The idea that the left, the side of the political spectrum that is obsessed with dog whistling and reading into hidden meanings behind people's words and the historical significance of certain words, oh, you can't say that. Historically, that means X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. The same people that have devoted their entire lives to interpreting charged language and feigning outrage 
are now going to start using the dictionary definition. And I mean, to, to start consulting the dictionary to get the exact definition of the word to prove that they've technically applied it correctly. Um, okay, can we do that with other things too? Can we adhere to the dictionary definition of, say, racism? Or for that, because it's for your cause, do we now get to make up anything that we want so that we can backdoor our way into a definition that suits our agenda? And now racism isn't just prejudice against someone's race, it's prejudice plus power, right? Like, I I don't know. How do you define a concentration camp, right? The bottom line is that to refer to these detention centers or whatever you want to call them as concentration camps is disingenuous to say the least. Everybody knows what comes to mind when you say concentration camps. To lump concentration camps in with refugee centers or detention centers for people seeking asylum is pretty ridiculous. I mean, these camps have about as much in common with concentration camps as any jail does. Are U.S. jails concentration camps? They're certainly a lot lot closer to them than these detention centers are. If the definition of a concentration camp is going to embody anything from Auschwitz to essentially a refugee camp, then the word is practically meaningless. Should we run through the differences between Auschwitz and what's happening on on our southern border? One had gas chambers, crematoria, firing squads, forced labor, starvation, unbelievably unsanitary conditions, no bathrooms, no medical attention. And the other has what? Tents, medical facilities, bathrooms, showers that don't gas you to death. I mean, feel however you feel about the policy that the children are being separated from their fam- from their parents. Feel however you want to feel about that and about immigration, whatever. The fact is, these are not political prisoners. This isn't a designated group of people being singled out for their ethnicity or their religious beliefs or anything like that. These aren't people that are citizens of the country, that were living here peacefully, and that were rounded up by police or military, dragged from their homes, their possessions stolen, their businesses confiscated, and placed in camps. That's what happened to the Japanese. That's what happened to the Jews. That's historically what concentration camps have been used for. These are people that voluntarily attempted to cross the border. They could, they, they could be from Africa, as well, Mexico, Venezuela, you know, whatever. Anybody crossing the border illegally. I presume, would be subject to these conditions. These aren't people being detained indefinitely. They're awaiting an asylum hearing. And yeah, I mean, the more that come over, the longer the wait's going to be. So I, 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 what are they supposed to do, I guess? But yeah, maybe, maybe they should just release them all and send them back to where they came from. That's another question I have. Is it a concentration camp if you could just walk the other way? <laughs> just be like, okay, you know what? I, I don't want to come here anymore. I'm just going to go back to where I came from. You think they would stop them from doing that? And if these conditions are so bad, if we are literally Nazi Germany, why are people flocking here by the thousands? Why are they lining up to get in? I don't know. It's, this whole thing is just ridiculous. We're arguing over the definition of a concentration camp. And, you know, libertarians are, you know, one of the things I like about libertarianism is that we do, we, we don't buy into these, like, bullshit government euphemisms. You know, we call things what they are. Taxation is theft. War is murder on a massive scale. You know, mass murder. I don't know if that applies here. I don't think it's fair to lump in like refugee camps 
even if you are separating children from their parents and keeping them in camps, I don't, I mean, how is it different from refugee camps around the world? Are they all concentration camps too? We have to have more specific definitions than just like camps where people are concentrated. Like maybe why they're in the camps and whether or not they voluntarily put themselves in this situation. Because it's just, it's void for vagueness. And now we've just got, you know, the media is trying, a lot of the media is trying to back AOC. Obviously, you know, the, the right-wing media. And actually some of the, um, the mainstream media is taking the other side of this because these comments are just so asinine. Look, I, I, I'm just so sick of all this, all, this pol- all these politics. Maybe the best argument for anarcho-capitalism is that all of this bullshit, all of this bickering that we do back and forth, oh, this is a concentration camp. No, that's not a concentration camp. How dare you? you know, Trump should be impeached. He, would, he said he would take foreign intelligence information, even though we do that all the time. All this phony outrage, all this political bickering, all this crap, all this nonsense, constant fighting back and forth, left and right, over who's going to control this $4.5 trillion leviathan. If we eliminate the state, that all goes away. We can at least just eliminate it all as a topic of conversation. Cut all this stuff out. Maybe that's the best argument for Ancapistan, right? I don't know. I, I, I got to wrap there. That, that's enough of this for me. I, I, I can't take this anymore. I need a break. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do me a favor, make sure you um, download and subscribe, share the show, give us a five-star rating on, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you're listening to. Don't forget to check out our website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com. You can support the show from there and follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you can do all that, I will be back next time. Until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.